Welcome to the Mountaineer Sports Network here on Indy 115. My name is Tyler Kennedy. I'm joined by my good friends and co-hosts Kyle Chambers and Spenny Grenier. This is the sixth episode of the Mountaineer Sports Network. We've got tons to talk about today. Spencer and Kyle are going to kick off the show interviewing Jamie Gerolamedo. He is a basketball head coach at Mohawk College for the men's team. After that, we'll be taking a look at the weekend review of Mohawk Sports. And finally, we'll end off the hour looking at the week ahead in Mohawk Sports. Jamie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate that. Um, about myself, I'm uh, I'm a Hamilton-born and raised, uh, you know, basketball player, coach, student, all of that. I went to St. Mary's High School uh, in the '90s. Went on to McMaster University after that. Uh, went back to become a coach and a teacher at St. Mary's, where I still work during the day. Um, I'm on my lunch hour right now, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be here with, with the uh, Mohawk Mountaineers. So how does it feel being the 10th coach in, his, in Mohawk Mountaineers history? That has to be a big milestone for you. Yeah, there's some great names like from the Hamilton basketball community that have coached uh, with the men's team uh, in the past. So to, to be able to carry on that tradition and you know, to immediately follow in the steps of, uh, of Brian Jonker is, uh, is quite an honor. And I noticed that with this season, you have had, like, you recruited some players, and one of them is Jalen Jackson. What are some key factors you expect from him this season? Yeah, Jalen is—he's uh, got so much potential that I, I just don't know if he realizes it yet. He's a you know big, strong, very athletic guy. He's got a quick first step, shoots the ball well, uh, and just can finish at the rim so well. Uh, so we're always encouraging Jalen, you know, to make aggressive mistakes. Uh, you know, not to be afraid, just really, really be aggressive and assertive, uh, and he will have an outstanding career here. What do you like most about coaching basketball? Probably at this point, the relationships that you develop. Um, you know, obviously the wins are exciting and championships and all that kind of stuff is, is it's important, and, you, you know, that's what you're dedicating your time to. But at the end of the day now, building relationships with uh, these young men is, is it's what's really become important to me in, in basketball. And uh, I love our team. The guys we have on our team are, are just fantastic. So I enjoy coming to practice every night because they're just such a great group of guys. And and even like because this is your first season, and, and did it take time for like because I know you're this is just the beginning of the season. So is, are you still getting to know your players? Like how's it, how's the transition after being coach for Redeemer for the longest time, and now Mohawk Mountaineers head coach now? Is it still in the process, or is the solid foundation there already? I think because of the strong culture that I walked into, the chemistry with the returning players, uh, the transition has been pretty quick. 
in, just in terms of of our relationship, the coaching staff with the players and the players themselves. The chemistry on the team is fantastic. So that foundation is already set. What we're doing on the court is going to take time and repetition and, you know, it might be a couple months before we're really at our at our best. Um, but there is no concerns in terms of, like, our team discipline and meeting expectations, day-to-day operations. That stuff's in place and uh, I credit the guys for that. How has your ex- how has your experience as a player, McMaster, helped you with coaching? How has it helped you relate to the players? Yeah, so that's uh, my time at McMaster was was fantastic. You know, I played under a legendary coach, Joe Razzo, who also happened to be my high school coach. Um, and then I, he he was a teacher at St. Mary's too. So I've taught with him for a long time before he retired. Um, just learning about you know what goes in to a basketball team on a day-to-day basis in terms of practice planning and relationship building, film work, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, that, you know, having, having learned from Joe from basically nine years and then beyond uh, has really laid a foundation for, you know, everything that we do here. And even for, and, and since you were a player and transitioned to a coach, so what you've learned as a player, what are some like strategies and techniques that you've kept along the way that you used for your coaching career? So for me, I think the biggest thing was work ethic, attention to detail on defense. Um, you know, in high school, I thought I was a pretty good player, pretty good athlete. When you get to McMaster, it's a, it's a jump in level. Um, so the only reason why I was successful was I was kind of heady, and I worked really hard and, and you know, did, a, did pretty well on the defensive end. So that's always been my kind of focus in terms of, of coaching. The game has changed a lot, though, since I played, right? Back in the 90s, like, nobody was using ball screen. And, that, and, you know, the whole idea of basketball now is everybody's using ball screen offense. So there are things, you know, strategy-wise, game-wise that have changed. But those core foundations of your work ethic and what you bring day-to-day and, you know, you can be a good defensive player on every day, those those sorts of things will always be present in the game, and that's it's, always been a major focus of mine oh yeah and speaking of coachings like and even with the retirement of brian jonker after 17 seasons with the mountaineers do you do you feel that there's big shoes do you feel not really do you feel just it was a nice transition like what's your intake on that yeah like mohawks had a, a great reputation great tradition brian's won a national title you know a couple of you are ocaa titles like so are there big shoes to fill sure um I don't know if I necessarily feel pressure to feel to fill those shoes. Uh, I, I'm confident in in what I can bring to the table, and I'm, I'm confident in what our guys can do. Um, so I, that's not going to weigh heavily on me. Um, but uh, you know, I would like to get a national title and a provincial title. So oh yeah, well, there's without a question that will happen. Well, I, I have a good feeling this is going to be awesome. And also, I want to say that last season that the Mountaineers lost to Conestoga twice in the regular season, and there's a big game tonight. And what do you have planned to beat them at, with your debut, your season debut as the head coach of the Mountaineers? Yeah, again, our attention to detail on defense. So our guys will know the players on that Conestoga roster you know we'll do our personnel scout we know their offensive tendencies uh, so we'll be looking to take away their strengths expose some of their weaknesses um, and you know just get up and down on the offensive end and let our our, our talent shine
No, and and even and even for you, and you were again once again you, you were a redeemer coach, and when you play against them. Uh, when you do, like, what emotions will, will, will it feel like? like do, would you feel motivated to beat your former team, or how would you feel reuniting when that time comes? Every game is a game. So you can't really look at any other games as more special than another. We have to treat every team with the same respect uh, on any given night. So that takes priority, is doing whatever we need to do to make sure that we take care of that game. Will I be looking forward to playing the Redeemer team? For sure. Like, I have great relationships. I didn't leave on, on a bad note. Um, you know, I was excited about the opportunity here, but I loved and cherished my time at Redeemer, and there's a lot of guys on that team that I had recruited and coached for a few years that I still feel like I have a good relationship with. So I'll be looking forward to seeing those guys and catching up with them, uh, and then hopefully taking care of business and beating them <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and then that's the thing and even but with the Mountaineers specifically like the team had a really strong preseason winning six of eight games uh, uh what are from those exhibition games you hope to trans transition or to translate into this season yeah so our preseason was pretty successful uh beating the master was big so to go one-on-one against the OUA teams was uh was the successful part of the preseason and then going 6-0 and actually against the OCAA East teams was great. Um, so what we saw were glimpses of potential of what our team can do, especially on the defensive end. I think we can be a really scary defensive team. Uh, but we would go through stretches where we look completely unorganized. So, you know, we need to keep building on that. We, we talk about it every day, that every day we need to get better in practice. Every game we need to get better. Um, and it's just getting on the same page. And again, a lot of that's going to come with repetition. It's going to take a couple of months till we are a, uh, you know, well-oiled machine. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you opened and you opened the season last weekend on the road versus the Anchor Knights and pulled out a close two-point win. Talk about that game and what you went for. Uh, we went right for Mohawk and what needs to be improved upon. Yeah, so kind of similar to the preseason. You know, I felt like we were in control for all of the game. But then there would be some stretches where we, you know, allowed Niagara to go on a run. And basketball is a game of runs. You have to try and maximize your runs and minimize the other team's runs. I, I didn't feel like we did a great job of, of taking care of that part of the game. You know, there was a couple times where we were up 8, 10 points. Um, and instead of extending that lead to, you know, 15, 16, we're, we're letting them right back in the game. Uh, a lot of it you know, his attention to detail and defense, but we did a pretty good job with that for the most part. We were a little bit sloppy with possession of the ball, so we really need to limit our turnovers. Um, but we did see some pretty good things on the offense, too, in terms of execution. Uh, Jerry Mercury had a, you know, a great game numbers-wise. I think he was 29 and 13, uh, and that's something that we kind of expect from Jerry every night. Um, but the team is deep. There's a lot of guys that can put the ball in the bucket and make plays. Oh, yeah, that's not too bad. Again, I'm very excited. And since coming to Mohawk, you've spoken a lot about making uh, this Hamilton team really involved with the community. I know that you said you're a Hamilton, right? You've grew up in Hamilton. And uh, what does Hamilton mean to you? And why is it important to build a community base? So if I go back to my time again at McMaster, I think what uh, Joe Razzo did really well was, was building the McMaster brand in the community. So he did that by recruiting all the best local players. Uh, he, you know, he would add some other players here and there uh, from across the province, but it was really that, that core group of Hamilton kids 
that propelled that program forward. Uh, And when you're recruiting those local kids, you're also then recruiting their families, their friends. You just bring a little bit more excitement in the Hamilton basketball community uh, you know, so you, you get more people in the stands. And I think that's a big part of it, right? So that, that's something I would love to see here at Mohawk is that the, those bleachers are filled every night. You know, it's not just the student body, it's the local community. Uh, so I, I really think that's a big part of, of being successful. Hamilton's always had a great brand of basketball, uh, you know, great reputations with, with programs, youth programs going up. Um, you know, you look at Blessed Sacrament on the guy's side or Transway on the girl's side. There's so many more programs out there nowadays. Um, but Hamilton's always been a bit of a hotbed for basketball, so I really want to keep those those best local kids here in town. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, and, and we've noticed that even with the other Mountaineers teams as well, that they, like, outdoors and they've dominated later in the end of the season. And now heading indoors, of course, seeing the success of how the the basketball team's coming around and the volleyball team, it's going to be good. Like, it's a great time for the Mohawk Mountaineers. But for basketball specifically, like, what are some OCAA, other OCAA teams that are going to be a major contender going into the regular season for the Mountaineers? Yeah, the OCAA West is such a strong division. Like, every year, you're going to have a good team that, that doesn't even make the playoffs. That's how deep our league is. Um, you know, front runner right now, I'd have to say, is St. Clair. They're the defending champion. They've got a few guys back from their team recruited. To, you know, they get a lot of uh, American players coming across the border uh, with their proximity there. Uh, so they should be in contention again. Um, Humber, I think, had a bit of a rough year last year, and they have definitely uh, done a good job with recruiting. Um, so I would expect them to be in the mix once again. Uh, Lampton has traditionally been strong. Sheridan is, you know, always in the mix. Has been a national powerhouse for a very long time. Uh, Fanshawe's got a really well-coached team. Um, I think Niagara's got a really good shot at, at being in contention this year. They're they're well coached. They work really really hard. Uh, they've got an outstanding uh, couple of guards. Um, so again, like you can keep going down the list. There's there really isn't any easy nights in our league. Oh yeah, uh, and and that's why me too. Like it's just hopefully it'd be something like to see because I really again having a 14 wins for the Mountaineers last season. I think it was like 14 and six, and to, for that to come around and to, to do much better. Again, there are some obstacles, and uh, we will be back with more Jamie. Charlamado on Mountaineer Sports Beautiful. Network. <laughs> Beautiful. From Flamborough to Stony Creek, you're listening to Indy 101.5, Hamilton's home for alternative. When you use a War Amps key tag, it acts as a safeguard. If you lose your keys, the War Amps can return them to you by courier. To order your key tags, contact the War Amps at 1-800-250-3030 or waramps.ca. SASHA, the Sexual Assault Center, Hamilton and area, provides confidential telephone support to survivors of sexual assault, rape, incest, child sexual abuse, and sexual harassment. Survivors and their support people can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Men, women, and trans people are welcome to call the support line at 905-525-4162. Please call 905-525-4162. You are not alone. Who listens to anything else? This is Indy 101.5, Hamilton's home for alternative. 
You're listening to the Mountaineers Sports Network. Welcome back to the Mountaineers Sports Network. That was a good first half of the interview. Um, we're going to take a look at the week that just happened in Mohawk Sports, and we're going to tell you guys, fill you guys in on a little bit of everything. So I'm going to start off with the women's soccer. Um, they won their first playoff game at home versus Fanshawe on Wednesday. I was there. It was a really good game. Uh, they were down 2 nothing approaching the end of the first half. Um, Alyssa Glassberg, Glassbergen, uh, she scored late in the first half to gain some momentum for the Mountaineers. And then Jade Morgan scored in the 58th minute to tie it, and she scored in the 88th minute to win it. So it was a really good game for the women's soccer to start off their playoffs. Um, but then their second game in the playoffs against Durham, uh, for the second year in a row, Durham ended up eliminating Mohawk. So it was a disappointing end to the season for the Mountaineers, not what they would have hoped for. But um, taking a look at that second game where they lost, uh, the shots on goal favored Mohawk 5-4. to four. Um, Durham's one goal came in the 56th minute, and then the Mountaineers, they couldn't counter. Um, Spencer, Kyle, what do you guys... What is your guys' take on the season for the Mountaineers? I know they went 6-2-2. Two, and two. They had seven OCAA All-Stars, um, and they were named the West Division Best Defensive Team. What do you guys think about uh, their season? From the games I saw that we broadcasted together, Tyler, Mohawk had a very strong year. They won a lot of games, and they really controlled the pace of play, something that we've both been talking about all year. They controlled the pace of play and made it hard for other teams. Yeah, I, I agree. Like That's one thing. I was quite impressed. And again, it's that team development. Their passing was fantastic. And for them to capitalize on winning games, it was not too bad. I was quite proud of our, our team for that matter. Shout out to Jane Morgan. She was definitely an offensive presence. Every time she, It felt like every time she was out on the field, she made an impact offensively, scoring a lot of goals this year and really being that offensive attacker for them. And shout out to the whole team playing together, putting a good record to end the season. I mean, 6-2-2 two and two is nothing to scoff at. I mean, they played well during the regular season. They had a rough end to their regular season, which I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it kind of tampered going into the playoffs. Like, they, you know, mentally they weren't um, feeling the best about the last games that they played. But overall, I think it's a pretty good season for the women's team. Now let's move on to the men's soccer team. Um, their 2023 season came to a close uh, following a 4 to nothing loss uh, versus Humber, who are number nine um, on the national rankings going into that one. Um, the Mountaineers, they held the contest close in the first half. Uh, going into the break, they were down one to nothing, but it was the second half when Humber began to break open. Uh, the scoring and the Mountaineers couldn't respond. The Mountaineers went into the playoffs uh, with a pretty good game against Conestoga and pretty good game against Niagara to head into the playoffs but they ended up losing in their first round but it's number nine nationally ranked Humber for this men's soccer team for the Mountaineers and they didn't have the best regular season so it didn't put them in a great spot they were playing a really good team in the first round of the playoffs so overall like I said about the women's team what is your guys thoughts on the men's soccer team they did improve this year in my opinion uh yeah I they really did at the ending there we were trying because like we had had the we were kind of expecting them to to be amazing and they, you know for what it's worth they actually did a great job you know and it's okay like because there were a couple of games even against the Knights and I believe it was kind of and Seneca where they played sensational it was like a David and Goliath matchup I've always said that in the past couple of weeks right and for them to make it to the playoffs was huge and clutch and for and there's I, 
again to kick off the season there were returning players that were coming out of injury so they were kind of they lost a lot of players right a couple a couple players and then again when they came back they did put on a show and it was awesome I don't know how they could deal with the Tim Horns cold Tim Horns fields coldness eh because it, it was tough for a couple of games but they definitely pulled through and they for what it's worth again they did a great job Oliver Steinke was amazing for them he was someone who really you could see was telling people where to go on the field for Mohawk and Mohawk in general showed a lot of passion out there you could tell they really cared and really kept themselves competitive in every game there wasn't one game I watched where they didn't seem competitive yeah um Oliver Steinke like you said and Hamza Salman were both named all-stars for the Mountaineers um and they had a 2-6-2 and record on the year but they did improve overall by making the playoffs this season after not earning a spot last year and only uh one team misses out of the playoffs so it was a good job from them um getting out of the bottom of the league and uh hopefully they can have some some steps forward in the coming years i i think they definitely can um now we're going to talk about the women's softball they were also in the playoffs their season is also done so let's the first round uh mountaineers ended up beating fanshawe which is the team they played in their last two games in the season they swept that doubleheader kyle and i were there um, but they ended up playing Fanshawe, and they beat Fanshawe 9-2 to move on and face Durham. And then top-seeded Durham would uh, beat them 7-2 in the second round to advance to the gold medal game. Uh, Durham advanced to the gold medal game. Mountaineers ended up playing for bronze against Humber, but unfortunately lost and, and ended up coming fourth overall in the OCAA. So honestly, I'm super impressed with the women's softball team, especially considering um, their record last year. I'm not going to say the record, um, uh, not because I... Uh, I just don't have it on me right now, but it wasn't a great uh, season for them last year. Uh, we, we've talked about it before. It was a pretty up-and-down season this year. Um, going into it, I think they thought they were going to um, look a lot better out of the jump, and they did look pretty good in the, the preseason, but it was a lot of injuries and a lot of other factors that played into them. Uh, their overall record for the season looked a lot worse than, I think, um, than I think how good their team actually is. I think their team is a lot better than what their record said. Absolutely. That was the thing. And especially, like and, and like you mentioned, like it was a little rocky, but then, again, having that new coaching staff and getting to know the players, and then they started to groove in the end, and that's where we saw multiple winning streaks with like a two-game, three-game winning streaks with the Mountaineers. Sensational, especially those games against like Durham and Seneca pretty much are, those were kind of uh, some good wins on Mohawk's behalf, and then going into the pl- playoffs, again, losing bronze, that doesn't matter. They're still a fantastic championship team, in my eyes, that is, definitely going into next season. It's going to be quite a show for the Mohawk Mountaineers softball team. Tyler, some that we saw all season, even when the Mountaineers lost, they always showed passion on the field. They never gave up hope, and they always had a lot of positivity out there. They had their leaders like Michaela Walker leading them on the bench and leading them out there on the field, but they were always positive, and that's what kept them into games and to win a lot of games down the stretch. And I think that's part of the reason why in a lot of the games that me and you broadcasted at uh, Mohawk Sports Park, they came back in a lot of those games down, and they some of those games they were down late, but some of those games they found themselves down like maybe 6 nothing in the first inning, and they were able to come back. So that just kind of goes to show how good they are as a team, as a whole. Um, they're able to rally together. I think that Michaela Walker was talking about that last week as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's the thing. Again, it's and the one thing that we know for a fact that they're, they have solid pitching too, solid defense as well. Again, they have they, they scoped out that field with at ease and capitalizing, especially if it's a pop-up, diving on a catch there, working around. It's been amazing on the deep defensive side of Mohawk Mountaineers. I cannot wait again for next season for them to showcase more of that when, when that time comes. Maybe a bronze or, or even better next season, but 
this season was the first time since 2017 that they made the postseason, and uh, that was it was super exciting to to be able to call that when they did end up making the postseason when they beat Fanshawe in those last two games. Um, so I think going forward, they really are going to improve. Uh, what are you thinking? I think with Mohawk, they had a great defense at the end to win a lot of games in the last few, several games of the season. At the start of the season, their defense and pitching, they're still trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what they were identity-wise, but they really came through with the pitching and defense when it mattered in those big games. Yeah, a couple of players that are, uh, this was their senior season, Michaela Walker and Kerry Smith, they are going to be leaving the Mountaineers. But I think the Mountaineers, they can withstand these losses. I mean, obviously, they're going to miss those two players. They're really good players for them. But I think going forward, the Mountaineers can withstand those losses and they can recruit a couple players and a couple first-year players this year can improve going into next year. And they they probably learned from those veteran players. Um, We're going to go take a look at the volleyball now. Um, The Mountaineers, we're going to talk about the men's volleyball. They lose the first game versus Cambrian. Uh, that was on Friday, three sets to one. Um, they won their second game, however, versus Boreal, uh, three to nothing, sweeping them. It was relatively easy. Um, Kyle, how was doing the volleyball for the first time in the D-Bark? It was exciting. I was learning about volleyball the, the day of the game, trying to figure out the sport. I'd seen the sport, but you have been involved in it. So that, that was exciting. I also really liked the play of Alex Jurak. He was definitely an offensive powerhouse, having a lot of spikes out there and really showing the power for Mohawk. And it was a lot of fun doing the both men's and women's. What did you think, Tyler? I mean, yeah, it was a ton of fun. I'm glad that we don't have to be out in the cold anymore doing the softball and the soccer. <laughs> Not that I didn't like doing the softball and the soccer. It was super fun. But being in the gym is, is a lot better uh, than... Uh, being outside oh yeah especially this time of year absolutely and and even uh being at that double header too uh it, again it's it's so quiet i was kind of hoping for you guys to be hyped up or they were like oh she spiked the ball man <laughs> i don't know i hopefully you guys will do that if it's like maybe closer to playoff time hopefully you guys will be able to i'd be able to hear you guys from the stands on the opposite side of the gymnasium yeah i, I most of the time i was waiting for the crowd like when there was a serve happening i was waiting for the crowd to start talking so i could kind of talk over the crowd so i wasn't i wasn't the only one in the gym speaking and then everyone's just listening to me um let's talk about the women's volleyball so the men's they they win one lose one on the weekend friday and saturday the women uh they win their first game three sets to none versus cambrian on friday and they won their second game saturday versus boreal three sets to none uh i think the women look super dominant in both of those games shout out to Rachel Vanderwall she had a lot of blocks for the team definitely one of the leaders out there on the court and she was one of the ones from the Mohawks had to really set the pace there was a lot of effort from the women showing what they are and what their team identity is absolutely and that's the thing height they use their height to their advantage I'm keeping secure of the net there right like I could they played so well setting up the ball spiking it fantastic play it's almost like painting a beautiful picture almost they they, they make it look so easy and effortlessly hey eh? and it was awesome seeing them win over the over the weekend there at, at the D-Bark women's team still yet to lose a set so uh, I mean Going forward, uh, you, you can't have that in the back of your mind, but uh, I think everyone's going to be thinking about it a little bit going into the next game, uh, try and keep that streak alive. Moving over to the men's basketball, um, they won a nail-biter, 81-79. to Jerry Mercury, uh, he led all scores with 29 points, and he also added 13 rebounds to get a double-double in that game. 
Um, how excited are you guys that basketball is back um, tonight? Me and Kyle are going to be broadcasting the basketball. I think this is very exciting. Tyler, as you heard earlier, there's a lot of great pieces for the Mohawk basketball men's team, and I'm really excited to broadcast this. There's a lot of people at Mohawk and around Mohawk who love basketball, so it's very exciting. Absolutely. It's going to be huge, especially after a successful preseason. Again, kicking off the season, I I guarantee you it's going to be a a no-problem win for the Mohawk Mountaineers. It's going to be awesome. So let's take a look at the women's basketball now. They didn't end up faring uh, as well as the men did. Uh, They lost 56-52. Another close game, though. Uh, The Mountaineers, uh, the ladies, shot 14% from three. I think if that improves to even a serviceable level, they win that game pretty easily. So I don't think... I think that's kind of a fluke. I don't think you're going to go into every game shooting 14% from three. I think that can at least improve to, you know, 22, 23, and then they'll be able to put a couple more points on the board. I mean, they only lost by four, so if they can just improve that, it, things will look a lot better. you got to remember, Tyler, it's only the first game, too, man, over the regular season. So for them to capitalize on, on another win, to, it's it's fine. It's, it's It will happen. Again, different, like, it's their strategy, getting to know. It's been a while since, you know, it's, again, coming out, just coming out of the preseason, coming into the regular season and capitalizing on and just because they lost again the next game they'll I, I think they'll have no worries in, in winning for sure all right that's all we have to talk about for what happened last week in Mohawk sports um, coming up next we're going to be continuing the second half of the interview with Jamie here on the Mountaineer Sports Network the best alternative from Ancaster to Burlington you're listening to Indy 101.5 looking for work Get there with Community Employment Services at Mohawk College with two locations to serve you in Hamilton and Stony Creek. We help all ages with a range of employment coaching services like career research, job search, resume and cover letter writing, interview skills, and links to apprenticeship opportunities. See if you qualify for second career funding to retrain. Details at mohawkcollege.ca slash CES or walk into either location between 8.30 and 4.30 weekdays. Your job is out there. We'll help you find it. This Employment Ontario service is funded in part by the Government of Canada and the Government of Ontario. Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to help the children of our community? For just over a dollar a day, you can change a child's future. Approximately 25,000 children in Hamilton live in poverty. That's why City Kids is here to help. With various programs, we help over 2,000 kids per week, from gifts for the kids on Christmas, even our amazing Red Bus service, plus so many other great programs to help build our youth's future. With faith, hope, and love, City Kids is transforming lives one child at a time. Visit citykids.ca. That's kids with a Z. Time to get up and rock it out. You're listening to Indy 101.5, Hamilton's home for alternative. You're listening to the Mountaineers Sports Network. And we are back with Jamie Gerlameto. And again, tonight is the big night, opening night. And so what are your, like, like, do, so, like how, you have your starting five all set and ready to go. How do you feel about going into the home opener? Are we, like, do, do, do you feel, like, obviously you're going to feel definitely confident, but... Like, what's the strategy that, you, that, that you're expecting for tonight's home opener? Yeah, I'm super excited about tonight. Uh, we have our starting five, uh, but we've got an army. Like, the, you can expect to see 11, 12 guys hit the court uh, and get meaningful minutes. We use our depth to our advantage. Uh, we like to play fast, which will hopefully result in some uh, pretty exciting basketball. So I hope that uh, we have a lot of students out here supporting and being loud and uh, starting some defense chants, that kind of stuff. 
Uh, yeah, you mentioned you, you know, you'll have 11 guys out there. Is that something you take pride in, or is that something you go into a game wanting to um, have a deep rotation? I know last game you had 11 guys play over five minutes, um, uh, 10 of the or nine of them playing over 10 minutes. So, how important is it for you to have a deep rotation um, going forward in the season? Yeah, I like personally. I like having deep teams. Uh, I like to play, you know, in the full court, so fast, lots of pressure all game. Um, and we have guys that are deserving to play. Like every night practice is a battle, uh, so guys are earning their minutes. So it's not a case of just throwing people out on the court. We have you know eleven, twelve, thirteen guys that can play uh, that might be playing significant minutes at other schools. So the fact that they're buying in and, and willing to play a role. Uh, just to keep that exciting brand of basketball, that's, uh, that's a huge advantage for us. How important would it be for you to have a strong defensive presence tonight to kick off the season and kind of send a, send a message? Yeah, so anytime I get a chance to talk about Mohawk and I, I talk about the city of Hamilton, like, you know, there, there's always that reputation of being tough. We want to be a tough Hamilton team. Uh, so we're recruiting Hamilton players. So we want to show the people that show up tonight that we will be the toughest team on the court. We'll be the aggressors and that we plan to shut teams down every time we step on the court. Has, has, so has there been a time where, uh, like, like, like as, as, your, as your coaching experience, like, like, what, like, what were some of, like, like, like and now, since, you're, since, you're, uh, since you are coaching for the Mountaineers, is there, is there like, like, yes, like, is there any other, like, like any, are you looking forward to, like, 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 what are some arenas you're looking forward to playing just besides the D-Bark? Is there any, like, is there other places that you're like, oh, I, I love playing in here. My players, I just, I want my players to completely capitalize in this state, in this arena. Like, is there any that come to mind naturally? So the, the OCAA, all of the schools in the OCAA have done such a fantastic job upgrading their facilities. So everywhere we go to play is pretty much a brand new gym and is, is exciting. The one school that has the oldest gym though might be the most exciting to play in which is redeemer and just knowing that from being there uh it's a small school you know 600 kids so their student body shows up to every game and they are loud and they get you know a little bit of community support and the low ceiling that gym is rocking every game i'm excited to go in there as an opponent because it's that loud energy you know, that's what the college players are living for, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to play in that exciting atmosphere, and that, that will definitely be a place. Um, but I'm really hoping that we can kind of bring that attitude and energy here to Mohawk too. Yeah. I know you touched on the recruiting aspect of it earlier. How much of a part do you play in that recruiting for, for certain players? Yeah, pre- pretty, well, a, a major part, really. Uh, my coaching staff is really good at helping out. You know, little 10 games to come watch with me. Uh, maybe they have some leads of some players that they may know of. Uh, current players also have a big big part of recruiting. Um, but I think in the success that I've had with recruiting, it's not by, you know, recruiting hundreds and hundreds of players. It's once I find a player I like, I really try and develop a relationship with them and their family right off the bat. So... Um, I'm not on the road for thousands of hours in the off season. I find the guys that I really like, and then I really try and hammer home to them and their parents that, you know, this is a place that they're they're going to enjoy and thrive and be taken care of. Oh yeah, and so so when so when you're recruiting, like, are you looking for like like more offense, more defense? I know, of course, you want the whole package with that individual, but like, there had to be some recruits where you're like, wow. 
Like, who is this person? Like, oh my goodness. Like, like it, and were there some that were even outside of Canada that you wanted to recruit in? Like, outside of North America, that is. When I was at Redeemer, yes, our recruiting uh, had to be much more far-reaching. Uh, it was harder to get the local kids. So I had players coming up from the States and BC and Saskatchewan. But now that I'm in Hamilton with Mohawk, I want to try and get all those best Hamilton players. So funny story about you know, like a like a aha moment or a wow moment. Anthony Raganetti is a first-year guard on our team. So last last year in December when the league shuts down, that's my chance to get out and watch a lot of high school games. And I see Anthony, he's playing for Bishop Ryan here in Hamilton. I'm at Cardinal Newman watching them play. And Anthony's a six-foot guard. Um, he gets a dunk in transition at the end of the game. I'm like, oh, I, would, that was, I didn't see that one coming. And he had played well throughout the game. I wasn't sure if he was going to be a guy I was going to recruit. I go to St. Thomas More the following week to watch him play. He catches the ball in the corner. He rips past his own defender, and he hammers a dunk on their help defender, who is much bigger than Anthony. And at that moment, uh, like I was floored by this kid's athleticism. Uh, like... That 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 point sold me. Like I knew he was a tough kid and a good player, but when I saw that, I'm like, this kid has you know a different athleticism and a different mentality that's going to be successful at, at this level. Uh, so then that's when I you know really put my foot on the gas with him and his family. So so when it comes to getting to again, it's it's that player relation. Has there times where like 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 are, are some of the players that you try to, that you recruit are they hesitant a little bit because it's just again it's it's a big jump especially like you said from like, like even players from different like provinces i don't know to each its own but like but for you you have to like persuade them like hey like you know mohawk is awesome there's nothing to worry about like it's it's going to be such a great experience like have you has there any has it has, has there been a situation like that that's happened yeah like so so recruiting charlie hennessy who came out of windsor you know i, I got to watch him on film and, and he caught my eye with his shooting ability on on the film he sent in and then he and his mom drove down for a workout one night. And at that point, the school kind of sells itself. Like, we walk around the school and the athletic facilities and, you know, everything here is next to none. Like, it's uh, top-notch. Walking through the hallways and seeing some of the big glass classrooms with, the, you know, the technology programs and that was amazing. Um, so I think once, you know, for Charlie, once he got a sense of what the guys were like, what the coaches were like, and then seeing the, you know, the school and the facilities, I think it kind of all sold itself at that point. Nice, nice. How much do you lean on your veteran players to help develop your younger players to become great veteran players down the road? That's a great question. Um, that is a big part of it. So, you know, I'll have conversations with, you know, Mackenzie Hart and say, hey, Mackenzie, you know, why don't you take Jalen under your wing a little bit and, and, you know, just kind of keep an eye on him and, and help him out with certain situations. I've asked Jerry to do the same thing, Kale to do the same thing. Like we've got great senior players. Um, and that's a big, big part of it. And a huge part of it is not just on the court. How do you handle your day-to-day -day life? Taking care of your body, being in the weight room during the strength and conditioning sessions, stretching after practice, icing after practice, all of that stuff comes into uh, a big part of it. And handling the classroom, right? So we, we need those veteran players to show the young guys the ropes. Is the strength and conditioning partly specialized depending on what position they play? I would have to leave that question uh, more up to uh, to Caitlin and Anil, who are taking care of it. But I, I do believe that is a little bit position specific. Um, 
but during the season it's a little bit more maintenance you know we're trying to make sure we prevent injuries uh you know nobody's trying to become the you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson at this point in the season that wouldn't be good for basketball so it's a lot more about maintenance at this oh, yeah. point especially with the, trying to get the LeBron James's shoulders type of thing eh? yeah, like those yeah. Probably, that, that's tough man eh? yeah and, and um so I just want to know because with and, and no matter what like and, and again I like player development because you know again these these teammates they're going to be they develop friendships has there has there times where you've done like scrimmages even outside of Mohawk grounds with our team yeah like it, well in the summertime we get workouts in Right. So in the summer, we were practicing here once a week, um, you know, and then they had some other scrimmages that J.R. Kalura, who is a former player and is now on our coaching staff, he kind of helped to organize. Uh, I know our guys played together in a men's league a little bit. So there's it's important that they have their own development outside of what we do as well. So, yeah, that's a big part of it. Have you and and and, and are, are you? I know with uh, when it comes to strength workouts, the nutrition comes into a play. Are you strict on that too? Like, like are you like, yeah, you have to. It's like a Pat Riley, like you have to have this amount of body fat or whatever. Or you're, or you're not too too hard like that, but they you just kind of like say, hey, like you know, don't don't be relying on fast food all the time. Like, how are you with that? Yeah, we we really try and and promote that that message as well. So, I can't control what they eat on a day to day basis, but when we go on a road trip, I try and. Uh, and do my best to promote some healthy options. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe even hitting a grocery store with instead of going to you know McDonald's, something like that, because that is, that's a big part of their performance and their recovery is nutrition as well. Oh yeah, that's uh, even like a student life too. Eh? It's like, oh man, you know, maybe I could go get a couple apples. But and then this also ties on the fact on the road. We know that these students have programs, and how is it been? Like, has it been easy with their profs transitioning? Their, uh, their school life and in the basketball life? Like, how, has it been an easy transition there or has it been tough? Did you have to talk to a couple of prospects? Like, hey, like, you know, because there's going to be times where there's going to be big, important games and they have the players have to be there. Why well, don't you make it to the playoffs too? And you will. I mean, I'm not, there's no doubt on that. But, but you know, like, it, does that come to factor or has it been an easy transition? So we have academic support within our athletic office. Coach Ray Williams, who's on the women's staff, she's... Uh, She's also looking after uh, our athletes in terms of their academics to, to try and help get them through. It's a big message every year at the beginning of the year. Um, you have to set your goals straight. So school has to be number one, followed by basketball, then your social life. If you want to be an athlete at this level, you have to have those priorities in that order. Because if you don't do well in school, then you don't get to play your sport, which means a big part of your social life is gone. So we really try and push the message about setting your priorities and then managing your time. So school's number one, but I always tell our athletes, you can't miss practice because you're telling me you have to study. If you have class, you go to class. Class takes priority over practice. But if you have an exam coming up, you need to learn to manage your time that you're studying for that exam a week in advance, not the night before. So that way you can still keep up with your basketball responsibilities and succeed in the classroom. And then that's an important life skill moving forward. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, is, is, that, is that something you were able to do as a player or is that something you struggled with, like keeping the academic side of um, you know, being a student athlete? Is that something you were able to do well? No, <laughs> no. And that's why I think I'm a big proponent of it. So I told this story last night to Uriah. I'm not embarrassed to, to tell it. Uh, but when I was at McMaster in my first year, I kind of thought I was there for basketball and school came second. And after a semester, I was 
in a position where I could try and struggle and continue in kinesiology or drop down to more of a social sciences stream. And I wanted to be a phys ed teacher. So I ended up having to uh, go the social science route and, uh, you know, swallow a little pride. It wasn't until my second year that I, I actually learned from a player who played back at Mohawk uh, back in the day and then transferred to Mac. He was one of our smartest guys. Guy loved to party. So, you know, he was out every Saturday night. Team would get together after games. We'd go out. And uh, so one night we're at the campus bar, and I, I said to one of his buddies, because his high school buddies would, would hang out with us too, I'm like, hey, where's, uh, can't mention his name, where is he tonight? And they said, he, he's at home working on an assignment. I'm like, you're, no way, you're joking, this, that can't be true. He's like, no, he had an assignment to do, he's at home. So here I am in my second year, and I realize I'm doing things wrong. I'm, like, I've got my priorities wrong. So from that point on, school became number one, then basketball and social, and then then I started to uh, take care of, of all avenues. So uh, because I went through those struggles is probably why I, I talk about this so much with, with our athletes now. The Mohawk Mountaineers went through a bit of a rebranding. How excited are you to start coaching at Mohawk with the rebranding kind of starting as well? Oh, it's awesome. Like the, the gear, uh, the facilities look amazing. Uh, you know, the gym has always been nice, but it looked more, a little bit more of a, of a like a rec center in the past with so many lines on the court. So now you look at it, it's a beautiful basketball, volleyball court, when, you know, when it's set up for games. Uh, so that that's super exciting. Um, there's just a lot of great energy here. You know, Matt Ferrer, the athletic director, and, and his staff have done such a great job at at kind of getting things going here. And, and you're seeing that in the success, as you guys already mentioned, with our fall sports and how well they've done. Uh, I think the winter sports are, are you know, going in the right uh, direction. Um, so it's just, it's just a super exciting time to be here at Mohawk. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. I know Kyle, Tyler, and I, we've been wanting to play, just shoot around at the, on the new card, eh? It's because it looks so beautiful, but absolutely. And, uh, and, and I have to say that even, like, it... And, and and having having that rebrand is definitely a, a big big deal. And, uh, and I, I know, like personally, there's you can't put a price on it, man. Like I like the uniforms look great. I think they went from Nike to the Under Armour, which is it's okay. It looks fantastic. And that's the thing, Jamie. It, it thank you again so much for coming on the Mountaineers Sports Network, man. And we are so looking forward to tonight. And I'm gonna be there. I know Kyle and Tyler are gonna be there. But I'm telling you, man, it's gonna be good. It's going to be a guaranteed win, all right? Uh, I love guaranteed win nights. They scare me, but uh, I never promise them, but I love it when other people promise them. So uh, Tyler and Kyle and Spencer, thank you for having me. Uh, again, I'm super excited to be here at Mohawk. I think great things are going to happen, and I hope anybody who's listening uh, comes out to check out the action tonight, bring a friend or two. Uh, I can promise you a good time. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the week ahead here on Indy 101.5, Mountaineer Sports Network. Smell that? It's pure, unfiltered, alternative rock. This is Indy 101.5. Behind every person who is touched by cancer, there's a growing force fighting all types of cancer in communities across the country. The Canadian Cancer Society. Let's make cancer history. Call 1-888-939-3333 or visit cancer.ca. Award-winning East Coast folk artist Jessica Ray in the Ramshackle Parade, live at Mills Hardware on Thursday, October 26th. Come a little closer. 
Jessica Ray and the Ramshackle Parade will perform songs from new album Sunshine Baby and their critically acclaimed ECMA-nominated album Just Like a Woman, Songs of Bob Dylan. Don't miss this great evening of folk rock. Jessica Ray and the Ramshackle Parade, October 26th at 7 p.m. Tickets on sale now at millshardware.ca. This is Indie 101.5. But you knew that already. We're Hamilton's home for alternative. You're listening to the Mountaineers Sports Network. Welcome back to the Mountaineers Sports Network. Kyle is going to take us uh, a look at the week ahead in Mohawk Sports. So, Kyle, take it away. Thanks, Tyler. So, the game tonight that we talked about with uh, the men's coach, we're going to go into men's basketball right now. So, the Mohawk Mountaineers face the Conestoga Condors tonight, October 25th at 8 o'clock. They're going to be facing... The comments to Condors, as I just mentioned, their last matchup was on January 26. The Milwaukee won 80, Milwaukee lost rather 98 to 84 in their last matchup. What do you think about what, this matchup, Tyler? Hey, I think we were just talking to Jamie. We've got a new coach. Um, not, no, no shots against the uh, former coach, but we've got a new atmosphere, um, new rebranding. So I don't, I don't like taking a look at last year. You know even when we were talking about the softball or the soccer or even the volleyball. I don't like taking a look at last year. I think it's a clean slate this year for, for all the teams. Absolutely, Tyler. The past is in the past, man. we got to focus on the now. And that's why tonight it's going to be legendary. Okay, what a way to kick off the Mountaineers season with basketball tonight at the good old D-Bar. Having said that the Mountaineers were 14-4 and last year. They did make the playoffs, so it will be interesting. Some players I'm really looking forward to watching from the Conestoga side Ozzie Davis, the shooting guard, he's a third-year player. And then Jerry Jr. Mercury, as we mentioned also, or we've talked about before the show, he had 35, 35 points in his first game against Niagara, so I'm really excited to watch him and see what he can do as well. So the next game after that is going to be against the Condor Panthers on Saturday, October 28th at 6 p.m. So do you think it's going to be tough for Mohawk on the road, Tyler, or what do you think? It'll be like for Milwaukee when they are on the road against Condor. Hey, they won their first game on the road, so I think that was a... I didn't ask him the question. I didn't ask Jamie the question during the interview, but I think that's a big monkey off his back, getting that first win in the first game. Um, I was going to ask him about that, but I just I couldn't I couldn't fit it in. But I think if you would ask him, he, he really wanted to get that first win, especially on the road, uh, to start off his coaching career, um, not in the OCAA, but for the Mountaineers. Uh, I, think it, I think it was huge and important, and I think going into the next away game, they're going to be playing with a ton of confidence i absolutely agree with you tyler especially the fact too that they actually and not only they were on the road they were playing in in you know independent tournaments right so for them to actually have a little tournament experience going into the regular season that's huge on mohawk's behalf so for them to capitalize for tonight is a huge advantage so then when they have away games it's a walk in the park for the mountaineers and to have a really good preseason like they did i think you said you mentioned six and two and to win their first game of the season, I mean, they're playing with a ton of confidence. They've got a deep rotation. Um, we saw Jamie use it in the first game. Uh, you know, there was 11 players it was eleven players deep. So I think uh, Mountaineers men's basketball team is looking good. Someone to watch out for for Mohawk as they face the Condor Panthers. Condor Panthers player Thomas Gowlin, third-year player. He's a forward. Mohawk did win their last game on February 11th against the Condor Panthers, 103-73. to So that would be a great matchup as well, see what they can do. And I know I mentioned earlier that I don't like to take a look at last year, but if you're the Mountaineers, you are taking a look at last year in that last game against um, Condor. Uh, you, they beat them by almost 30. So I think they're 
you know, Conador, they could have a ton of first-year players. I, I'm not too sure on their roster, but going into their first game since uh, when the last matchup against the team, you almost won by 30. Or, or did they win by 30 there? Um, they, they did win by a fair amount. So they did win by 103 to 73 in their last matchup. Oh. So um, hopefully they can do it again here this coming Saturday. But even in the past two, 14 and 4 is a record lessons for the Mountaineers. Guys, that's not too shabby. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So that, that's, and that's what, and as I was explaining, when Jamie was here during the interview, he has a good base right now, and especially with the recruits. Guys. I mean, this is going to be quite a show for the Mountaineers, man. It's going to be a good basketball scene for the men's basketball team. And he also has a ton of confidence in his guys. I mean, like I said, having that 11-man rotation is, is huge for a coach. Moving on to the women. So tonight, the Mohawk Mountaineers women's basketball team will also be facing the Conestoga Condors. But it will, it will be at 6 o'clock. The last matchup for them was on January 26, 2023, when Conestoga beat the Mountaineers 73-70. to So players that are going to be really interesting that Malk off to watch out for is Andy Malin, and she's a second-year guard. So what do you think about being able to broadcast the women's team, Todd, and what do you think they're going to bring to the table here tonight? I think the women's team, they were good last year. I think they're going to be good against again this year. Um, and as far as broadcasting goes, I'm super excited to broadcast basketball. I know you and I um, have a lot more confidence in our, our basketball knowledge um, than volleyball. Not that we're, we're completely out of the loop with volleyball, but... Uh, we definitely, me and you, watch basketball more, you know, on TV or, or have played basketball more in the past. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is one of the reasons why I took the job was to be able to broadcast basketball. The women's team was 5-11 and last year, and they had some great wins last year. I'm sure they're looking to improve on their, on their record as well and see what they can do with that. So looking at the women's volleyball, it should be very interesting. So on Friday, they've... They're at the St. Clair Saints. The last matchup for the women's volleyball was on against the St. Clair Saints for Mohawk was on January 14th when the Saints beat Mohawk three sets to nothing. And it's, it is a tough matchup because St. Clair does have a good athletics program. So what do you think about this, Tyler? Man, St. Clair, it seems like every time we talk about them, it's about they beat, they swept this, they beat this. Um, when we talk about the softball, I mean, they're amazing in softball. Uh, their soccer team was was pretty good, too. I know the Mountaineers beat St. Clair during the regular season for soccer, but it seems like they really have a deep athletics program. Um, going into the game, Mountaineers are going to be playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, they've won six straight sets. They haven't lost a set this season, so I think the, the ladies can uh, fare well. They are a machine! That's what I mean. And the thing is, too, it's going to be quite a wicked weekend. It's a lot for the Mountaineers, actually, because, again, you have, you're going to be in Windsor on the Friday, and then Fanshawe the next day on the 28th, right on that Saturday. So, it's quite a schedule, but honestly, but again, if they just keep the same momentum, and again, big, coming off of, of a two-game, like, coming off of a winning streak it gives them confidence anyways and like you mentioned tyler it, they're they're just they're they're a strong they're they're a, a brick house literally a brick house and that's what's going to help them you know capitalize on the st Clair saints i know i was talking about earlier how i liked being in the d-bark a little bit more than being outside for the soccer <laughs> and the softball but i do have to say when me and kyle are sitting there during the warm-ups for the men's and the women's volleyball team we are getting like peppered with balls coming towards uh, <laughs> us when we're sitting there like we're trying to dodge and get out of the way and i can't go on my phone before the game because i feel like 
I keep flinching. Like, I see a ball out of the corner of my eye that's coming towards me, and I, I flinch. I get out of the way. I've seen Kyle, too. He's just, like, he's, like, leaned over. Like, it was to the point where, you know, you guys were sitting up straight, but then as the balls were, go- were heading towards you guys, Kyle just kind of did, like, he was like this the whole time. He was, like, completely lopsided <laughs> just to make sure, just to kind of keep, obviously, to think ahead. We're going to need uh, some of those, like, bubble, you know, the bubble soccer where the people play in those? We're going to need to wear those before the game starts. Oh, before, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to stay Between safe. intermissions of well, hockey games. Yeah, uh, wrap ourselves in bubble wrap or something like that. Moving on, though, on Saturday, October 28th, Mohawk does face the Fanshawe Falcons, and Mohawk did beat Fanshawe 3-2. to two. They're going to be at home for this one, and it should be a great game. Some A player that Fan- Mohawk off to watch out for, the Fanshawe player, Allie Taylor, she's a third-year player. So I think it should be really interesting to see this matchup. What do you think, Tyler? I know Fanshawe, you know, they don't have the same reputation as St. Clair, like we talked about earlier. Mountaineers softball beat Fanshawe, knocked them out of the playoffs. So hopefully the Mountaineers volleyball, women's volleyball team can beat Fanshawe and continue that dominance over Fanshawe. Continuing with the Fanshawe theme, in that division, in the West Division, Fanshawe was tops of the division 16-2 and, 16 and two last year. And it'll be interesting to see what goes on. Mohawk was 10-8. They did have a winning record, so it might be a good test for Mohawk to see what they could do against a tougher opponent as they continue in the season and eventually, hopefully, trying to compete for a playoff spot. It's interesting. You say they were 16-2 and last year. Uh, it's so cool to see how in the OCAA there's like such a drastic difference in how certain colleges go about their programs. Like Some of them will just heavy on the recruiting for basketball specifically or heavy on the recruiting for volleyball specifically. And then there's teams like St. Clair who are, you know, heavy on the recruiting for every team. They're, they're trying to dominate in every sport. So it's, it's super interesting to see um, the difference in, in how each college approach, approaches their athletics. Yes, don't feel intimidated by it, though. Okay, well, Mohawk has been fantastic so far. Okay, yes, I, I understand that St. Clair has been on, on the dominant aspect of it. But, but, it, but again, that's only from, like, from what we've seen so far in softball and soccer. But again, basketball, it, it, I, again, Mohawk can definitely give them a run for its money and especially again even with the volleyball too and that's why the women's volleyball is going to will have will definitely give St. Clair Saints a run for its money. Moving on to the men's volleyball now. So Mohawk does play on Friday, October 27th at St. Clair and then on Saturday, October 28th at home versus Fanshawe. Who do you think is a big player that Mohawk will rely on to try to get these wins, Tyler? Um, I don't think they need to really rely on anyone. Uh, we saw in their second game against uh, Boreal on the weekend on Saturday, they were able to use uh, some of their bench pieces and get them some confidence moving forward. Alex Drack is someone they relied on with their spikes. He was an outside hitter, an offensive powerhouse, so hopefully he can continue to have those points to get them the wins they need. Yeah, and I think they are going to be playing with uh, quite a bit of confidence. They beat Boreal. Boreal... Obviously not a great team. Uh, I think they might have been 0-18 or they might have won one game last year. I know their women, either their men's or women's team won one out of their 19 games or, or however many it was. But uh, I think still, regardless, when you sweep a team in three sets, you're going to be playing with a ton of confidence going into your, your next few matchups. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's going to happen. Again, it's always huge when you have that motivation leading into your next home, home game or away game. Someone that Mohawk is going to have to look out for from the Fanshawe side is Elliot Leslie. He's a third-year player and an outside hitter. So they're going to have to really look at the lineup and, and go, what can we do to beat this team Mohawk against Fanshawe on both the men's and women's side as well? We saw that a ton on the weekend with the um, like the outside hitters and just the hitters in general. The players playing up 
on the net. Um, it's huge for those players specifically to be good for your team and to get their spikes down and not not hit it out. I think them as well as the the serving for the Mountaineers is going to be um, two of the most important uh, parts of their team going forward because we saw when they did struggle on the weekend. Um, obviously, they didn't struggle too much against um, uh, Boreal. Uh, they did have Boreal did go on some runs though, and when they were struggling over the weekend, it was that serving. They were just they were kind of like uh, bringing it upon themselves. It was their serves that were going out or just going straight into the net. It was the hits that would just hit it way too hard and sail away. So I think if they can improve on those things and just kind of um, play within themselves, they'll be able to be able to win these next couple games. And they're going to have to limit their communication issues. The, even Boreal, who's not as strong of a team in general, was able to have strong communication issues and make it tough for Mohawk as well. Yeah, communication is, is huge in volleyball. It's huge in every sport, but especially volleyball when the ball's coming at you so fast. Someone's got to be able to say, you know, I'm going, or when it's up in the air and you got to communicate with the hits. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening today uh, on the Mountaineer Sports Network. On behalf of myself, Cal Chambers, and Spencer Grenier, we thank you. We'll be back next Wednesday at 12. 